0: We'll Welcome to a special episode of The Investigation. We've been watching President Trump's former lawyer and fixer Michael Cohen's appearance before House Oversight all throughout the day. I'm also joined here with the head of our investigative unit, Chris Flasto, along with John Santucci, Matt Moss, two of our veteran reporters who've been covering Trump from the very beginning. And on the Hill, our Mary Bruce, ABC News senior congressional correspondent. I think we all can agree, Mary, it's been quite a day.
1: This has been quite a circus up here on Capitol Hill. I can't remember the last time I saw just such a huge crush of cameras, the line uh, of members of the public that stretched all the way around uh, this House office building, waiting to get a glimpse of what so many told us they, they viewed simply as history. And it was just remarkable to see the president's Former fixer, his attorney, someone who once said he would take a bullet for the president, just completely delivering this blistering takedown of Donald Trump. Straight off the bat, you heard Cohen saying that the president is a con man, a cheat, and a liar. And it became very apparent very early, the the, the stark divisions between uh, the two parties, how partisan this hearing was going to be. You have Democrats, the, the the chairman Elijah Cummings saying saying he feels very strongly that this committee is no longer going to be protecting the president. That he feels the president has been able to go unchecked for too long, and that was ending today. And they, you know, wanted to dig deeply into what Cohen knew uh, about uh, what he witnessed by the president's side during that decade. They wanted to know all about why he lied to Congress before about that Trump Tower deal uh, in Moscow that Cohen now uh, admits that that the president uh, knew was stretched well into the campaign. And, of course, they want to know about uh, all the nitty-gritty details about the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels, which, of course, uh, is, is what implicates the president here in criminal conduct while he is in office, Cohen now says. And then on the flip side, man, you had the Republicans completely united. Uh, no one seeming to break from the party ranks and going after Cohen and painting him as a liar, as a fraudster. You had one uh, Republican member, Gozar, saying liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, they wanted to, to chip away and they did repeatedly at Cohen's credibility. And look, Cohen has credibility problems. He did lie to Congress before. It's one of the reasons he's about to be heading to prison in, in a couple weeks here. But what was interesting when you looked carefully and you listened to what Republicans were doing here, they were trying to, to obviously cast Cohen as someone who cannot be trusted, but they weren't questioning the substance of what he was, was accusing the president of. You didn't hear him questioning the documents, the evidence that Cohen brought with him. You didn't hear them really defending the president against uh, some of the claims that Cohen was making. Instead, they were making this personal about Cohen. Just and Mary, no clear line from Russia to Trump. No, M- Michael Cohen was very clear about that in saying that he has not seen any evidence of collusion. And remember, we didn't expect any big blockbusters on the Russia front going into this, although certainly so many questions about it came up. Uh, And what you're seeing here is, you know, Democrats, when you look at the questions they were asking, they're laying some groundwork here. They wanted to know uh, what Cohen knew in part so that they could could decide where to to poke around next, what other witnesses to bring up next. Who else did they need to be examining and shining a light on as they try uh, to To broaden their investigation here. Republicans would say, look, Democrats are simply trying uh, uh, to make the case as they inevitably head towards impeachment. Democrats, of course, are very wary of using the I word. um, But certainly you saw them laying out that witness list. Who else should we be talking to? What else should we be digging into? Um, And Russia, of course, hangs over all of this as the special counsel's probe continues. My
2: kind of impression of the whole thing was that if you're a Democrat who hates Donald Trump, you got your meat. And if you're a Republican who loves Donald Trump, you're also going to be like, you know, look, at Michael Cohen's a liar. Why should we believe him? So do you think that's fair?
1: Well, I, I do think it's fair. And that's often a question that we have, uh, I feel like, after many hearings, after many uh, big sort of blockbuster moments up here on the Hill, is did it move the needle, right? Did anything really change because of today? Or did both parties and both camps simply go back to their own corners? And I think, yeah, if you are a Donald Trump supporter, you will look at the, the Republican line of questioning. You will say, look, Don- Michael Cohen is a liar. Why should we trust him? Why should we trust what he's saying about the president now? If you are a Democrat, uh, especially if you're you know one of the, the, the more progressive members who's already been calling for impeachment, you will say, hey, man, these are some blockbuster things we got to be digging into further.
2: You know, but Chris Christie raised a point uh, that he seemed to say that where were the Republicans ripping Cohen apart about the Stormy Daniels allegations?
1: Yeah, it get back, gets back to this question about why weren't Republicans really more fiercely defending the president? We tried to ask some of the Republicans that exact question as they were leaving the hearing room for a break, and they didn't really want to talk about it. They just continue to want to hammer away at Michael Cohen. But if you, you ask them, hey, are you questioning the veracity of, of the evidence here? Are you questioning the actual substance of his claims? They don't have a good answer for that yet. Uh, and it, you know, if you're Donald Trump and you're watching that, it may raise some red flags. Hey, wait a second. You know, they're clearly going after Cohen, but but what about coming to my defense?
0: Mary Bruce, ABC News senior congressional correspondent. Always great to talk to you. Mary, thank you so much. Thanks, gang. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more reporting and analysis from our investigative team. Stay with us. And welcome back here with me, uh, my colleagues, Chris Vlasto, head of our task force, John Santucci, who's been covering the Trumps for quite a long time and longtime investigative correspondent for ABC News, Matt Mosk.
2: Boy, guys, we saw a lot of fireworks in this congressional hearing. I know what
3: Mr. Trump is. He is a racist. He is a con man. And he is a cheat. Mr. Cohen, how how long did you uh, how long did you work in the White House? I never worked in the White House. That's the point, isn't it, Mr. Cohen? No, sir. Mr. Trump tasked me to handle the negative press surrounding his medical deferment from the Vietnam draft. He told me not to answer the specific questions by reporters, but rather offer simply the fact that he received a medical deferment. He finished the conversation with the following comment. You think I'm stupid? Not going to Vietnam. And I find it ironic, Mr. President, that you are in Vietnam right now. That's why that's
2: important to you, to look up here and and look at the old adage that our moms taught us, liar, liar, pants on fire.
0: Mm.
2: No one should ever listen to you and give you credibility. It's
3: sad. Mr. Trump is an enigma. He is capable of behaving kindly, but he is not kind. He is capable of committing acts of generosity, but he is not generous. He is capable of being loyal, but he is fundamentally disloyal. Donald Trump is a man who ran for office to make his brand great, not to make our
4: country great. I must tell you that I've arrested several thousand men, and you remind me of many of them, the ones that immediately become humble and remorseful. At the time, they're actually booked, and while they're incarcerated, they're quite penitent and then return to their former selves when they're back on the street.
3: And I can only warn people, the more people that follow Mr. Trump, as I did blindly, are going to suffer the same consequences that I'm suffering. What do you want your children to know? I'm sorry for the pain that I've caused them, and um, I wish I can go back in time.
2: I haven't seen something like that in a long time. George Stephanopoulos has been saying there hasn't been a hearing like this since John Dean. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I don't know if this lived up to the John Dean Watergate hearings. What do you think, Matt?
5: Well, obviously, there were a lot of explosive moments, uh, and it was entertaining television. But if you're one of the president's lawyers, and you want to strip away uh, the most entertaining things and just look at where the real tripwires are legally for the president, I think there were some moments that would be of concern to them. And those would be around this uh, crazy story that Michael Cohen told about a a portrait of Donald Trump that was being auctioned by a charity. And Trump, uh, according to Michael Cohen, had somebody go in and bid money for it and then repaid him out of the Donald Trump Foundation, a charitable foundation. That raises a whole host of legal concerns. Surrounding uh, how you're supposed to use charitable money, and we already know the New York Attorney General's looking at that, and we and we also know the IRS is looking at that, and that's a real danger zone for Donald Trump.
2: But but you, Matt, were saying something else that seemed more damaging to me about the these these inflated. You know, Trump's always been known to inflate his wealth, but that may turn to bite him in the you know what.
5: Yes, well, there's it's one thing to inflate your net worth for the purpose of get ga- a going higher up on the Forbes wealthiest person list. It's another thing if you are applying for a bank loan and you're inflating your net worth for that purpose. And that, some of the experts have told us, raises questions about bank fraud, about lending abuses. So so Michael Cohen presented evidence that he said showed Donald Trump was inflating his net worth for that reason. That would be a problem if I was a lawyer for Donald
0: Trump. John?
4: No, I mean, I think to Matt's point, I think that there's, you know, I I don't think that there was anything you could say, oh, wow, this is amazing, never heard this before. I do think, though— We learned more details on certain areas, right? So we learned about communications that he allegedly may have been having with Roger Stone during the campaign. That is something that we know the special counsel and others have asked about, but we've never heard a clear example of those communications until now. We've now learned a little bit about the dialogue that was happening around Michael Cohen's testimony before Congress. We know that all the lawyers were in a joint defense agreement, but we did not know, according to Michael that his testimony may have been altered by the members of that legal team. Now, I will tell you from having reported on the Trump legal team for quite some time, I have never heard that they actually went in and edited Michael's testimony. If that turns out to be true, and of course, that's what Michael was charged with, with lying to Congress the first time, that would be quite explosive. Yeah, well, one of the things that I think Democrats
5: accomplished at this hearing was because there was so much discussion of Michael Cohen's uh, view into the inner workings of Donald Trump's world, They've actually seen enough to ask for things like Donald Trump's tax returns, and this may have provided them the predicate that they've needed to make that request.
4: And we know that there's been meetings on Capitol Hill already. The House Ways and Means Committee has been talking about how they would go about this. They've looked up IRS code to see how they could actually obtain his taxes. So to your point, Matt, if today's committee gave them anything, it gave them fresh red meat to build that argument to go and get them.
0: But there was also a lot of assumptions and the one-word suspicions. And I made a, I, I marked this when I was looking or listening to Michael Cohen's comments. He said questions have been raised about whether I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. I do not. I want to be clear. But I have my suspicions. There were a lot of I have my suspicions. Or when Mr. Trump gives me a certain look, I know what that means. Um, so. Right, no,
2: I actually saw that statement, Kira, as as good news for Donald Completely Trump. Agree. I mean, Michael well, Cohen a, is telling everyone there was no collusion. Yeah, yeah. I may think things look suspicious.
5: That's uh, one of the things that jumped out at me was the amount of innuendo, gossip and rumor yes. that was sort of allowed into public view just by virtue of having this hearing. We heard about an elevator video. We heard about other catch and kill payments. We heard Donald Trump wanted his SAT scores knocked and there, out. And there was,
2: and I actually said about that elevator tape. This this has been a rumor in in Washington, and New York for three and a half years. And I'm actually, if you believe Michael Cohen, which on this, I don't know, he could be telling
4: the truth. He tried to get a tape, and it, and and it just didn't exist. It didn't exist. And I think that's a broader point, though, with Cohen that look in those circumstances, you could see, he said, look, I know Mr. Trump, I would never believe he could strike Melania or do something which that video that has long been rumored that we've always been looking into, we've never found it. Um, but it certainly, you know, plays in the sense that, okay, he could have taken an opportunity there to attack or say something, but he didn't. Well, the Republicans spent so much
5: time calling him a liar. That was actually, there was actually quite a bit of testimony that he gave that worked in Donald Trump's favor. And that was certainly a Right. Moment. And
2: I actually think the Republicans really missed an opportunity on on that on actually you know they could have attacked Michael Cohen I, you know I've said for a, a long time on the Stormy Daniels Michael Cohen got involved in that Stormy Daniels issue in 2011 Donald Trump w- maybe was dreaming about being president but he wasn't running for president so well, that would have been a line of questions that maybe uh, uh Who knows if it will be brought up?
4: Well, but also to that point, right, we talk often about Donald Trump and catch and kill and the relationship with David Pecker. I mean, one of the things that surprised me was to hear from Cohen that this had been a practice that Happened often during his 10 years and even going back before Cohen started in 2007, he claims he knew of multiple instances of where Donald Trump and his pal David Pecker would catch and kill stories that were bad for Donald Trump, bad for business. Now, he didn't get specific, but I do think in talking to several sources that were watching uh, Cohen's testimony, what they took away from it is that Cohen basically gave a roadmap to other things, that if you have congressional committees that want to go into the business, go into the foundation, as Matt was talking about. They want to go into the AMI relationship. They want to bring other witnesses up. I mean, just review all of the names we heard in this testimony, right? We heard Alan Weisselberg, the longtime uh, chief financial officer of the Trump organization. This brings them now into the center and potentially could be congressional witnesses.
5: Well, yes, it made essentially an invite list for the Congress. These are the people I think we're going to see next on the Hill.
0: Bottom line, though, will anything that we heard today lead to any kind of criminal conviction?
4: Well, I mean, if you listen to what he said, I mean, the statement that he gave that made all of our eyes explode, he said, quote— I am in constant contact with the southern district of new york regarding ongoing investigations we don't know what that could potentially be but we know from our team that has covered him from the beginning he has gone in and met with the southern district since he pled guilty late last year uh, what he's been giving them we really don't know right that was the most
2: tantalizing lead for an investigation what And he didn't want to talk about it. So it raises more suspicion. But as you would say, just because the Southern District is investigating something doesn't mean something happened that was bad.
4: But if you listen to Chris Christie, our contributor here at ABC, Christie said repeatedly before SDNY got going and now is Mueller's ending that, you know, everyone could be worried about Bob Mueller. He has always believed the real threat to the Trumps is the Southern District of New York. And we know that Michael Cohen has really been giving them a roadmap through all of the months that he's been cooperating with them. Uh, Obviously, the Trumps are based in New York. So we haven't really seen uh, action taken against against the Trump organization, the company. Uh, And that would certainly be that red line the president has always talked about that don't go into the company, don't go into the financials. But maybe that's where we're going. We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it sounds like they're already over the red line.
0: You know what the conversation, the water cooler conversation, right, just kind of bringing this down to if we were all sitting at a pub having a beer, is that today is historic was historic, is historic. What we are hearing about our president, what we're hearing about his his longtime fixer, friend, personal attorney, I mean, these stories that he's, that he's not or honest or that he cheated or that he threatened people, that he acts like a mobster. I, I mean, don't you sit back and think, this is our president that we're talking about.
2: Right. I mean, I think it's those things like when Michael said, how many times did you threaten people? Oh, Spear. When Spear it, of, they had to keep
0: going. Oh yeah. had
2: Five hundred or something. Five hundred, right. Five hundred. And and, and and but most of those threats are to members of our Press corps. Yeah, hi, President Company included. Hi, I'm yes. here. I'm here for you. Uh, don't worry. <laughs> so, President we're
0: were Part of the
4: form. threat, threat club. I'm threat so, club,
0: which sure no one to took
5: news. most of those
2: threats seriously.
5: I feel somewhat certain that he's not the first president to have somebody around them that played that role. There have been henchmen in in administrations going all the way back. It's just you don't get to hear it in so much granular detail as we heard. And today. And social
0: media. We've never had a president that tweets the way. This president tweets, I mean, it's changed the and, game.
2: And what about our, our second guest uh, of our uh, podcast, Lanny Davis, seemed to be painted by the Republicans as the this is an, all an orchestrated
4: conspiracy. By he the he was the executive producer of today's committee hearing. Is that it, what it, they it, called Well, him, Well, or? I mean, they, they basically said this was all orchestrated by Lanny as he's just sitting there with his arms folded behind Michael Cohen. And look, if you're Lanny Davis, I mean, you're pretty happy with today's hearing, right? I mean, you got everything out there you wanted, that opening statement that went on and on and on. I mean, there is so much in there that you know, as we were listening to and even Michael's delivery. I mean— But I think
5: to Kira's point, and I think it's a good point, is as entertaining as this was, it's also very important to step back and look at the seriousness of it. And I think that uh, for the American public, a lot of the stuff is going to be fairly shocking.
2: All right, let's just leave it there. I think we've
0: kind of summed it up. Thanks for joining us for our special episode of The Investigation. And Be sure to hit subscribe. Leave us a rating for my colleagues here with me, Chris Blasto, Matt Moss, John Santucci. I'm Kira Phillips, and we will see you next week on The Investigation.